Father in heaven, we're thankful for this community of faith and for what you have done in and through us and what you are about to do in us. And Father, we thank you that we can worship you. We thank you for the blessings of this past year and for another year of life that is just before us. And Father, as we plan for being about our Father's business, we ask, Lord, that you would give us wisdom, that you would guide us, that you would give us excitement as we look forward to service for you in this upcoming year. So bless us now, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's 2019. How many of you thought you were going to live to 2019? It's mostly the young people that raise their hands on that one. <laughs> 2019, it's hard to believe. You know, um, I've been told that the older you get, the faster it goes by. Is that still true? Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, it kind of hit, for us, it kind of hit warp speed once we had kids. And, and things just, I mean, I can't believe I have a seven-year-old now. I mean, it just, I remember bringing her home from the hospital and thinking, how in the world do they let people out of the hospital with these little infants? You know, as new parents, like, what in the world are we going to do? But here we are. We're on the cusp of a new year. We've got a blank slate in front of us. What is, it, what, what is going to be recorded for 2019? And I think Paul has some really good words of advice, and you've read it in our scripture reading. But if you'd like to turn there again in the book of Philippians, some good words of advice as we begin this new year together. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Paul says this, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended or to have uh, achieved the goal, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus. In those two verses, Paul touches on the past, the present, and the future. But what you find as you look at the passage closely, that the weight is placed on the future. Paul touches very briefly, and he says, listen, I haven't quite gotten to where I need to be. He says, I've not yet apprehended. I'm not quite there yet. And then he says, but this one thing I do, this is the present I forget the things that have happened in the past and I'm pressing toward that mark that is in the future. And I think this is good advice for us as we begin a new year together. Uh, sometimes the temptation is to get caught up in the achievements of the past, whether it's as a community of faith or as individuals, the temptation can be to get caught up in what we have achieved and to kind of bask in that achievement, feeling good. But Paul says that it's good for us to put those things behind us to what he says is to forget them. Now, this is a guy who's done quite a bit. I mean, if you look at Paul's resume, he has done a lot in his life at this point. But he says, I'm not quite there yet. And in fact, he says, I'm forgetting that stuff and there's a goal that's in front of me and I'm pressing toward that. Now, Paul is using here in the passage, he's using the imagery of a runner, and he oftentimes uses this in his writing 
uh, talking about athletic competitors and uh, making analogies back to the spiritual journey. And he's using that analogy here, pressing toward that mark. As a runner is running in a race, he is pressing toward that mark. He has that goal in mind of crossing the finish line. And a good runner allows the distractions around him to fall to the side as he presses toward the mark that is set before him, forgetting his past achievements in an effort to achieve another goal of finishing the race. Now, as we have looked back on 2019, or 2018 rather, the Lord has blessed us tremendously. Would you say amen? Amen. And we're thankful for that. And I think it's good for us to just briefly think about what the Lord has done for us. It's good to reflect and see how the Lord has blessed. We need to thank the Lord for those blessings of the past. We need to thank the Lord for the the growth that he has brought in our lives. But we need to say, Lord, those chapters have now been closed. Whether it's good or bad, it's been closed. And now I'm pressing toward the mark of the kingdom of heaven and taking as many people there as possible with me. And so this morning we want to discuss a little bit about some of these plans as we're pressing toward the mark. We have this goal in 2019 of various things that we would like to achieve. And so I'm going to go ahead and ask Dan to come on up at this time. And we're going to just discuss this, uh, this plan that we have for the upcoming year. And I'm hoping that as you listen, that maybe you might catch a vision on a particular project and say, you know what, I want to put my time and energy behind that. I want to maybe donate some means or give some time to that project to make it go forward because the reality of it is Dan and I can't do this on our own. The board can't do this on their own. We need to move together as a community of faith to achieve the goal that God has for us. So Dan, it's good to have you up here this morning. This is going to be kind of interesting having two preachers up here, isn't it? I see that you gave us chairs so we don't run into each other. Yeah, my, my Midori said, you know, you guys are going to sit down. And Dan's like, yeah, because if we're st- both standing up here together, we'll be crashing into each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit about something here. Um, as a, as a uh, board, we, every year we come up with this document that the, the conference encourages us to write and to put together. Why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about that document this morning? So how many of you have heard of the term Master Plan of Evangelism? few of you, if you're on the board, all the board members should raise their hand <laughs> in previous board members. So the conference expects us to create a master plan of evangelism. And as Pastor mentioned in his uh, word from Paul, it's, it's a look forward. What are we planning to do in the next three years? And in fact, since I took over personal ministries, I've kind of stretched that to three to five years to try to create a strategic plan to go along with the master plan of evangelism. And we take the previous couple of years' performance, like the number of baptisms, the literature we give out, the public evangelism efforts we do, and we reflect on what, how successful they were, where we learned, what we did, and then we shape the next three years. So the Master Plan of Evangelism is a living, breathing, strategic document, and it lays out all the things that we think we're going to do or want to do in the prior year. Now, understand... It changes. It's a living document. Mm-hmm. So there's things that weren't on our 2018 Master Plan Evangelism that the Lord brought to us and we just took on. And there's other things that we originally thought we were going to do. They kind of slipped off or they, we pushed them out because the Lord pressed us to do something more important. So we're always 
But it's kind of a guiding document for the mm-hmm. board to say, this is what our plan is going to be next year and the next three years. So this, uh, today, as you leave, we're actually going to give you the master plan of evangelism for 2019. So you can take it home. You can pray through it. We've divided it up into three sections uh, of different areas of ministry that we want to focus on in 2019. And we want you to have that in your hand. So it's not just a board thing that we're coming up with, but it's a church movement. This is something that we want to do together as a church family. So on our master plan of evangelism, Dan, there are things that kind of just get carried over from year to year. What are some of those things that get carried over from year to year? And so we call them yearly recurring items. And there are things that you've heard about that we've done for years and years and years, long before I've come to the church. Uh, prison ministry is an example. We've had an active prison ministry uh, mission in this church for many, many, many years. It's a blessing to the prisoners. Uh, we're, we see a lot of fruit from that. So we'll continue to do that. Obviously, everybody knows we're down to two prisons instead of three, so we're shaping that ministry around the changes in the prison system. But many of those people are now going out into the community, and they're contacting us, and they're going to Adventist churches, and they're actually working in their communities, and they're sharing what we've taught them in the prison. So, I mean, we're going to continue to do that. Door-to-door outreach, you hear me talk about that during personal ministry time quite often. That's our door-to-door handing out literature, asking for Bible studies, doing our community surveys. And obviously, we'll continue to do that. We need to do better at that. And that's one of my goals from Personal Ministries this year, too, tied to get us back to where we used to be with our door-to-door uh, outreach. We've done really well with literature. Mm-hmm. We need to do better face-to-face at people's doors. Discover Bible School. Discover Bible School is a correspondence-type Bible study. We'll continue to those, do those. People will mail in and request those. And the ladies that run that will continue to answer those and send those Bible studies out. Uh, the quilt ministry, we've done a quilt ministry for many, 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 many years, and that can, will continue. In fact, we're going to talk about something later that we think we're going to actually possibly grow quilt ministry or leverage quilt ministry with another idea that we have that I'll talk about later. Uh, departmental evangelism plans. Our departmental evangelism plans, last year, pastor and the board challenged the board to every department in our church come up with their own evangelism plan. And then bring it to the board, and if it needed money, obviously, to get, re- to get that approved. Or even if it didn't, to say, hey, this is what we want to do during the year. And it was really a new idea last year. Uh, I think three departments actually did. And, and you, those were the baskets that uh, the Sabbath school did, and uh, the deaconesses did the blessing bags. The, uh, commu- the uh, building and grounds committee actually made a proposal that was approved, but because of all of our capital projects, one of those things where I talked about got kind of pushed down, uh, but it's still something that uh, maintenance and building want to do. It's an interactive nature trail out in our trail where we'll put storyboards in, and, and it'll be biblically based and, and open it up to the community and advertise it. Uh, for those that are guests or don't know, we have 22 acres here. It's beautiful property, and there's a beautiful trail out there already, and we thought, let's Let's open it up to the community and, and let the community see what we have here. And whether you know it or not, we already have community folk that, that use that trail back there. They walk their animals and just, you know, get some exercise here. So we want to use that as an opportunity to minister to people. Um, so that, that's one good idea that, uh, that a department had. So this year we want to get more than three. We want a challenge to get every department to have an evangelism Amen. project this year. And then BibleStudyOffer.com, obviously the conference-wide BibleStudyOffer.com. 
Like, we'll continue to do that. That's our seed sowing effort to build into our public evangelism. Mm -hmm. So those are our recurring items that we're going to keep doing. We'll keep recycling. They're great ministries, very productive, very successful, and we'll just keep, they're mature. They're mature type items that don't really require new ideas or whatever, but it requires labor and means and effort to continue to keep them going. Yeah, very good. So uh, these are some of the recurring things that take place. And as, as we've met together, uh, both as personal ministries and as a board, um, we've realized that we've got a really strong arm when it comes to evangelism. Um, and we wanted to strengthen our arm in reaching out and helping our community in more practical ways. And one of the statements that uh, we've thought a lot about um, as personal ministries and as elders and, and, uh, and the board is from Ministry of Healing, page 143. You've heard this statement before. Um, it says, Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. Then he bade them follow me. So if you notice, Christ's method was me- meeting people and reaching out to them, in the, helping them in their physical needs. And then once he helped them with their physical needs... He won their confidence, and then he bade them come and follow him. And so we wanted to pick up more of that model of, uh, of, of ministry uh, in our Master Plan of Evangelism for 2019. Um, Ellen White goes on, and she gives this next, in the next paragraph, she gives this promise. She says, accompanied by the power of persuasion, the power of prayer, the power of love of God, this work will not and cannot be without fruit. And that's what we want. We want fruit, Amen. Amen? Amen. Okay, just checking there. So we want fruit. So we're like, okay, if that's going to bear fruit, then we want to we adopt that model of Christ's method. We want to keep the, the well-oiled machine of evangelism that, that this church has developed over the years, and we want to bring along with it the element of community service and helping the community service out. So we've, we've really kind of fleshed out this a little bit more, and it's still growing, but we've got some great plans, Dan, for 2019 as far as community outreach goes. So why don't you tell us a little bit about those? So do, does anybody know, do we do any community outreach today? Carly's Closet, amen. Really kind of the flagship of our community outreach right now, amen? Amen. I can remember when... It just started out in its infancy, and, and Kimberly and the ladies would sit over there and hope one person would show up. How's that working out now? <laughs> yeah. So we went from one room, and we were all excited about expansion. I don't, you, we've talked about it many times here from the pulpit. Uh, we're going to expand to two rooms. That was our big goal. We're going to expand into two rooms. Well, now we're into three rooms, and we're wondering if three rooms is going to be enough. Uh-huh. I want you to think about the current state of Carly's Closet. Carly's Closet is seeing hundreds of visitors, giving out hundreds of new items, and we've advertised very little, very little, on purpose, because we haven't been ready. I mean, we're doing this huge building modification to accommodate Carly's Closet, and we're doing it with our own labor and our own means, which is taking us an amount of time. But Carly's keeps growing, even though we're not out there advertising. It's word of mouth. Don does some social media a little bit, and we have some significant plans to actually really advertise, but we have, we're not ready. Mm-hmm. So in 2019, one of the big things we're going to do, obviously, is spread out into three rooms, but we're also going to expand into adult clothing. And you've heard us, we've been prepping for that for a while now, and we're going to do that. We're going to basically do all, all clothing now. 
In fact, I was just getting new business cards made, and I had to make all kinds of changes to that because it said children's, children's, children's. And so we're going to expand into adult clothing. We've been taking donations for adult clothing, so we have a supply of that. We just haven't been ready from a facility standpoint. So we're going to expand into adult clothing. Also, as Pastor and I have talked about this and the board has talked about this, we realize that we're, we have some constraints or potential constraints on donations. We have one source right now of how we, where we get our clothes. Now, we have single donations, and God bless all of you that have donated. My family's donated. But as far as mass amounts, we're getting them from one source. Well, what would happen if that source stopped? Or they just couldn't produce the clothes that we need, given the volume that. So we, that's one of our critical success factors is how can we expand our source of clothing? And so we're going to put a donation box out outside Carly's closet. We're going to advertise for donations out into the community. We're going to reach into some other community sources. Uh, We also had some ideas from personal ministries of reaching into some of our local retailers and businesses to see if they would donate once they realize what we're doing and why we're doing it. We're one of the few community centers that are giving the clothes for free. For free. And that's what's the word of mouth. You know, hey, we're getting clothes and people are in need. If you need clothes and you don't have, you can't afford it, there's a place mm-hmm. at the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mm-hmm. So Clark, Carly's Closet is really the flagship of our community services right now. Uh, if, one if, of th- if, you have, if you've never gone on a Monday, you, you need to go on a Monday afternoon. I, I've, I've popped my head in there a couple of times. And it's not just clothes that are going out. There's ministry that's taking place in Carly's closet. Amen. Um, yeah, I've watched the ladies. They're standing there talking to the other ladies and ministering to them. And um, it's just a really uh, encouraging to see that we can meet somebody's need and show them the love of Jesus in a practical way. And it just opens up so many other doors uh, to, to minister to them in spiritual ways as well. We also want to partner with local agencies so that they can direct people in need to us. Mm-hmm. And we've had a little bit of that. Again, we're... We've specifically tried to keep that from, you know, going crazy in, until we were able to physically accommodate it. Pastor and I were talking the other night as we were planning, and Pastor used a great analogy is, what's going to happen when we light the fire under this thing? Because we haven't done that yet, really. I mean, it's already burning, I mean, in that analogy, right? What happens when we all of a sudden start advertising and advertising and pushing? What does it look like in three years? What does it look like in five years? I mean, I remember when I come to the church, we weren't hardly using the school hardly at all. The, the rooms were closed up and just storing stuff. I, I can't store things now. Those of you on the building committee know <laughs> I, I'm playing dominoes in there right now. Mm-hmm. And so, and as Carly's grows, I mean, and at some point, should we look at where the ministry is located? I mean, should we go to them? Those are the things that we are thinking about in a master plan of evangelism is, What does this look like in three years, in five years? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right now, the path is up. So the Lord is really blessing Carly's closet. Would you say amen? Amen. It's wonderful to see what's going on there um, and the fruit that's going to come from that. But, you know, these are are seed-sowing events. We don't expect to see instant fruit from something like this. It's what Ellen White refers to as disinterested service. You're just helping people to help them, showing them the love of Jesus, and then letting the Holy Spirit water those seeds that have been sown. So I really appreciate the Carly's Closet team and what they're doing. They work hard. 
Um, but they come, when they come to uh, prayer meeting and when we see them after uh, their hard day's work, they've just got big smiles on their face because they've uh, enjoyed being able to minister to other people. What else do we have planned for 2019 as far as community outreach goes? So we've been talking about this for a year, and now it's here. Six weeks away, the Lake Union Health event. Where did that year go? Oh, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. No, we don't. (laughs) Now we don't. Six weeks, February 17th, the Lake Union Health event will be here. We will open up our doors. Professionals will come to volunteer to minister to those in need in the community. We'll provide a free dental clinic and hopefully a free optometry clinic. I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, We've had tremendous response from the dental community already. In fact, I think we're going to have more dentists than we may have space. Praise the Lord. We need assistance. Hygienists, I know some have, exp- have already said they're going to come. Uh, I don't see how Bunny has talked to a dental office, and they may, the whole office may come. Uh, so it's an exciting event. These things are sponsored by the Lake Union. We will have a financial obligation that the board has already approved, but it's, sig- it's negligible compared to what this costs overall and what it will bring to the community. So it's a tremendous opportunity for us to take advantage of that. They'd only do so many of them a year based on resources and, and coverage and planning and logistics. So this is an all-hands event. We need all the help. We're going to start planning meetings this Thursday at 6 o'clock. Uh, anybody's welcome. I will specifically be inviting the impacted departments, but anybody's welcome. And we're going to have recurring meetings now every Thursday at 6 o'clock until the event. And that's how big this is. We're basically going to take over the entire school so, so is the Lake Union going to bring a bunch of people to come and do this for us? No. They're going to bring the equipment and one dentist who's actually the coordinator of the whole Lake Union event. Everything else needs to be, be done by us, by us and local volunteers and ourselves. All, we provide the labor and the facility and also the outreach into the community. It's our community. But they're bringing, they're bringing dental chairs, everything that we need, all the equipment, they're providing that. Have any of you seen uh, Your Best Pathways to Health, the, the big projects mm-hmm. that they do uh, at the GC and the NAD, um, where they, they put on a health event for several days, and thousands of people in these big cities, these big, big metropolitan areas, they come and they get a variety of health things done, not just dental and vision, but other things, even minor surgery. Um, and it's just a powerful impact in the community. That, look, I mean, dental work, you, many of you probably know, is not cheap. And so a lot of people just put it off and they 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 end up having other health challenges. And now they're going to have an opportunity to come and we're going to do it for, for free. And that makes a huge impact in our community. So when, when that event comes that weekend, we're going to need help, joyful help, to help move things around in the school so that we can get all of the rooms set up so that when the, the people come, they're ready to get serviced. The other part of that is uh, the optometry part. And we don't have an optometrist or ophthalmologist volunteer yet. We've reached out to a couple, but the one that I reached out to is very mission-minded. In fact, he's going to be overseas doing optometry mission work. So if anybody knows of an optometrist or more than one, uh, this is something that we've planned for. They're bringing the equipment. Basically, they'll come and get their eyes checked, and they'll get free glasses. Free glasses. But we have to have the professional 
that can administer that. Everything else will, you know, the, the union and us will provide. So we need to get a volunteer or two in that field. So if anybody can help, please see me. That's, I need to get our flyers together. And right now my flyer's built with dental and optometry. But if we're not going to do that, we've got to make this decision really soon because we need to get our, our flyers into the health field and we need to get them online and we need to get them in people's hands and I, I, we got to start advertising, but I need to advertise what we're really going to provide. So if anybody, please pray for that. And if you know somebody, let me know. Okay, so that's the health event. That's coming up just around the corner. If you would please keep that in prayer, that the Lord will just bless that event, that things will run smoothly, and that we'll have a good day as far as the weather goes uh, for people to be able to come out for that. We appreciate those prayers. All right, we've got a couple of other things here um, that we're going to be doing in the community. Why don't we talk about number seven, Dan? So uh, how many people have heard of sleep in heavenly peace? Wow, so that homework today. Google sleep in heavenly peace. Not the song. Not the song. <laughs> it's a ministry. There's a ministry out there of contractors who discovered a need in their community that there was people of need didn't have like, children that have beds to sleep on. They're sleeping on the floors in their homes and in their basements. And this gentleman decided they were going to build some beds just on the fly. They decided they were going to build some bunk beds for some kids in need. Well, this has turned into a national uh, ministry. There's chapters in all the states. They're growing leaps and bounds. And they're building free bunk beds for children in need. Now, think about how sad that is. I mean, we're dealing with people that can't afford clothing, also can't, don't have any place to sleep. They're sleeping on the floor. So, Sleep in Heavenly Peace is this, they partner with these local chapters. They provide training. They provide contacts in the community. Uh, they partner with Lowe's as their huge corporate sponsor. Lowe's provides tons of the, the materials in a severely discounted, subsidized manner. But also these chapters reach out to other portions of the community to raise money. And so when we discovered this or started to talk about this, we thought, how well does that fit with our children's clothing ministry and also our quilt ministry? Now think about this. We could build bunk beds for children who have no place to sleep, provide them clothes if they can't afford clothes, and give them quilt and bedding in the community for free. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that was just exciting. I mean, I watched the video over and over and over and over. It's really a powerful, I, I, please, I urge you to, to go out and, and watch it. It's a short video. They'll show you. And, and this thing grew from just a couple of guys wanting to help some needy kids in their town into being a national ministry. Mm-hmm. And it's just exploding. Mm-hmm. There's a few chapters here in Michigan, mm-hmm. so, but there's not a ton of them. Mm-hmm. And there's none even within 100 miles of us right now. And so this is something that Personal Ministries really thought that this would leverage the, our other community services ministries perfectly. It would go in with our quilt ministry, go in with our clothing ministry, and really help children in need. Wouldn't that be revolutionary if uh, there was a kid that's sleeping on the floor and all, you know, we're able to give them a bed? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Do you think that would impact their life? Yeah. What if they had on the quilt... Uh, a little tag sewn into the side of the quilt from your friends at the Muskegon Seventh-day Adventist Church. Amen. And every night, you know, they, you know as they grow up, they, they, they can read that and they can remember my friends at the Seventh-day Adventist Church 
gave me a bed to sleep on. In the video, it's amazing. They, they take you on a bunk bed delivery. And, uh, you know, there's kids sleeping on a concrete floor in the basement uh, with a little thin mattress on the ground and a few, you know, scraggly bl blankets that sleep on. And then that next night, he has a beautiful bunk bed to sleep on. Do you think that changes his life? Do you think that that's a practical way to show the love of Jesus? Amen. Now, this is definitely in its infant stages, okay? So <laughs> don't expect that we're going to start cranking out bunk beds next month. Um, and, and this is kind of a big project. And, and as Dan and I, you know, we've been talking in personal ministries, um, you know, we want, we want something that's going to challenge us. And we feel like this is something that, that will challenge us. Um, and so we, we solicit your prayers on this, uh, your expertise as well, and that you would just, just ask the Lord to help us figure out all the details on how we can actually do something like this to impact young people in our community. Um, you know, we all, we're all aware of the fact that our church is getting older um, and that we need to have a new influx of young people into our church, and, and we're trying to build some of that stuff in to our master plan of evangelism uh, to minister to young people as well as, you know, middle-aged and older people as well. So keep that bunk bed ministry in your prayer that the Lord will give us wisdom how we can actually make that a reality here in our church. Anything else you want to add on that, Dan? Well, it goes right along with the health event. Who builds the beds? We just create a chapter, right? All the stuff magically shows up and they self-build out in the parking lot? Yeah. No. Us. But not just us. If you watch these videos, they'll have people from the community, non-church members. Remember my personal ministry story. Non-church members, but they want to come and help. They want to donate money. They want to donate materials. In fact, the, that's how this ministry's grown. It hasn't been this gentleman's church. It's been the community. It's just, hey, this is a great idea. We want, how can we help? So the concept is, is that it gives us an opportunity to rub shoulders with other people in our community. Amen. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Where you can talk with them and minister with them and, and develop relationships with them. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we've also got something else planned for our community outreach, and this is the last thing on our master plan that's going to tie into youth ministry. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, so youth ministry. How many came to Vacation Bible School? Amen. Was it a success? Amen. It was a rousing success. Amen. We had thir over 30 new guests, right? Individual. Many came multiple nights, but 30 people. Did the kids have a good time? Absolutely. How many remember the sanctuary all? Yeah, that was a lot of work, wasn't it? Yeah. We did a lot of planning. That team did a lot of work. It was every night. We had a, a lot of effort went into that, a lot of tremendous planning, uh, resources, and just sweat equity to put that on, right? So this year, Personal Ministries wants to do two. Two vacation Bible schools. I heard one amen. I heard a couple people might have hit below. A couple, below a couple the... other people kind of groaning, I think, maybe. <laughs> so we want to do two. Why would we want to do two? Double the blessing, amen? Double the outreach. As Pastor mentioned earlier, what do we have a dearth of? Children. So we need to reach out into the children. And, and if you watched that vacation Bible school and you watched how much fun they had and, and how much excitement they had. We had kids from the neighborhood right here that came every night. That's right. And they were wanting, when are you going to do it again? That's right. 
So this is an opportunity. Yeah, we'll get the same kids for both vacation, but I believe we'll get more as they tell their friends and as we reach out and do better advertising. So this year we want to do two of these, and it's going to take more effort, more planning, more labor, and a lot more prayer. But I'm excited. I think that that's our, that's our thrust. That's our opportunity in the community to reach into the youth, to get kids interested in our church, to know that we're here in the community, to know that we're right here in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, they drive by the building, but it's just a building unless they get to experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. our blessings and the things that we have to offer. Amen. So, I mean, it was tremendous. I had, a, I had a ball myself. It was as much a blessing for us adults as it was the kids, I'm sure. Pro- some of us probably more. Hated to see it end, right, Norm? Yeah. Yeah. So two. Everybody excited now? <laughs> two of them. So we need to start planning. And so we're going to start planning needs on that as soon as we get ourselves recovered from the health event. <laughs> and definitely hats off to our, our VBS team. They worked really hard uh, making this thing a reality. And uh, we trust that the Lord is going to give them time to make two happen this year. <laughs> but that doesn't put us... That doesn't take us off the hook. No. This is a whole church effort also. Amen. Amen. So I'm excited about the two events. So tell us a little bit more. about You, you were talking about how we want to, uh, you know, do a little bit more advertising. We just kind of did a little local advertisement, but we want to get the word out that we're going to do these VBSs. What are, what's some ways that we're going to do that? So has anybody been to any of the parades in the community? Parades. Memorial Day, Fourth of July, Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. North Muskegon Parade. There's lots of these types. White, White Lake does a... Uh, so, what do you see at those parades? Churches? Kids? Right? Pastor actually texted me from one they were at last year and said, Hey, there's kids here handing out VBS flyers. Jot that down in my memory bank. And so that's what we want to do this year. We want to go to these events. And we want to advertise our vacation Bible schools and, and our health events and whatever else we're doing. And the kids that we have go with us, but also the adults and, and hand out our flyers and hand out our materials and let the community know where we're at. And so we can't go to all of them. I'll, I'd love to go to all of them. And if you can talk me into it that we have the laborers, we will. But Pastor and I's first thought was, let's do the two big ones this year. At, at, for a start, let's do Memorial Day and Fourth of July. Those are the big ones. They have big events, we, the, most of the community's involved. If we want to do a North Muskegon and a White Lake, whatever, I'm more than willing to do it, but let's, our goal is, is to at least do Memorial Day and Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go to the parades. Uh, this past year, we kind of got our toe in the middle of that a little bit. Dennis and Jess went down to the veterans event mm-hmm. and handed out materials down there, and that was a blessing. And so those are the types of things. We need to go to the community. Pastor talked about this quite a bit in the lead up in the background on this we tend to like to set here and and i've preached about this we like to lob our materials into people's yards like hand grenades and then hope they'll come well what did jesus do he didn't stay at the temple and wait for everybody to come to him he went to them mm-hmm. so we need to get out in the community we need to go where people are and, you know, I know there's sometimes, sometimes people get a little bit uncomfortable because they're very secular events and, you know, a lot of worldliness going on. But, you know what, Jesus interacted in those environments also. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we participate in things that we shouldn't participate in, but we should go to where those people are. They need Jesus regardless of where they're at and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So 
from a community standpoint, we want to go out and advertise these events. We want to say, hey, we're doing a VBS. We're doing two VBSs. We've got a health clinic. We've got a community center. Come out. And so we want to get out so they can see this is the Seventh-day Adventist Church. There is a Seventh-day Adventist Church in Muskegon. Novel concept, right? <laughs> so the idea is to, you know, typically in many communities, Adventists are, are viewed as just those people that do prophecy seminars. We want to be known as people who do prophecy seminars. We want to be known as people who understand the chronology of Bible prophecy. We don't want to lose that. But we also want people to know, hey, those are the people that help people as well. And so we want to try to balance that. We want to have that, that proper tension between those two things, that it's not one or the other, but both and. And so that's why we're coming up, trying to come up with more of these community-oriented things. So if you have any expertise or ideas or vision uh, as far as parades go and, and maybe some sort of float or something like that to kind of uh, have in the parade, we would love to have ideas and, and, and plans and stuff, stuff like that. So just come and talk to us because we want to get this stuff planned out a little bit further in advance. But we definitely want to get the word out. Our VBS was a success. We want to get more kids out for our VBS. Again, seed sowing in the minds of those young people that later, by God's grace, those seeds will bring fruit to, uh, to the glory of God. Um, you have something else here for uh, young youth outreach uh, that we've been talking about, this college event. Tell us a little bit about that. So in our own backyard, how many colleges do we have? <clears throat> Two. Growing, growing colleges, expanding. They're building new buildings as we speak. Right in our backyard, right in our backyard. Have we reached out into those? Not very well, right? So I happened to, I was on my way to preach at Fremont one morning, and I was listening to Christian Talk Radio, and there was a gentleman on there who does, travels around the country and speaks. And he was advertising his upcoming schedule, and he does this every week. And this particular time, he ran through his listings, and he was going to Muskegon Community College. This guy's from, not from Michigan even. His ministry's out of Tennessee. So he's coming, and he's going to speak, and I thought, they're open to that? So I reached out to the uh, college Christian club at Muskegon Community College. And I asked, how did this? First, I reached out to the student activities director, and they said, no, this was a club thing that school doesn't get involved in religious, but they allow it. So they put me in contact with the college Christian club, and they said, absolutely, they were interested. So we're going to partner with them to basically go and have a presentation, like a, like a mini-series or a mini-lecture on biblical topic or topics. And they're absolutely open to it. They're excited. They were even excited the fact that we're here local versus bringing somebody that nobody would have any follow-up connection with. So think about that. This guy came and gave his lecture, but then he left, mm -hmm. right? If we do that, they can come to the church. Mm -hmm. They can contact us. They can come to our prophecy seminars. They can come and help us build bunk beds. <laughs> so we are absolutely, that is a demographic that is sorely in need of Christ. Amen. That young adult, Amen. given the pressures of the world. And so this is an opportunity for us to get our feet into a place that's right in our backyard. Amen. So that's the plans for that. Amen. Amen. So, so far we've got community outreach, and then we're trying to do some youth outreach as well. These are kind of more community uh, establishing credibility and winning people's confidence. But then Jesus said, come and follow me. Right? So it's not just helping people all the time, but then there's the invitation to accept Christ as their Savior 
and the truths of his word. And so uh, we understand that to be public evangelism in its various forms. And so we've uh, been thinking about how do we want to do that element in 2019. Uh, there's a couple of things that we have coming up, and I just wanted to share something with you um, to kind of prepare for this. This is from Gospel Workers, page 465, uh, and it says this. To show a liberal self-denying spirit for the success of foreign missions is a sure way to advance home missionary work. What's a sure way to advance home missionary work? Support foreign missions. To support foreign missions, right? Uh, She goes on and she says, For the prosperity of the homework depends largely under God upon the reflex influence of the evangelical work done in countries afar off. So in our church, we've recently uh, been broadening our scope from just the Muskegon area to other places in the world. And of course, you're familiar with our India project that we've done two times so far. We have another one that's going to be coming up here soon. Dan, when's that going to be taking place? So I'm planning to leave on February 20th, and we'll go for roughly two weeks again. Uh, I've been in contact with the conference there. We're going to, reach, we're going to work another new village in... Uh, Moses, please forgive me as I pronounce this. Madhuri Pudi. Madhuri Pudi? Close enough. <laughs> Help me out later. I, I will learn it by the time I get there. He's back there hanging his head. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a reason why I have a translator there. And so it's, a, it's an unreached village, the conference tells me. They're doing prep work as we speak, like they have done the past two years. They're in there doing seed sowing and getting ready for me to come. They also have uh, a bunch of requests from villages that we've previously worked for me to come back. And so we're going to try to squeeze some of those in. The main thrust will be in this new village. We'll do a full prophecy series there like I've done the last two years. Uh, Just a quick note, we've planted uh, six churches in India in two years. Uh, Two of them now have bought land and are just trying to raise money to build physical churches. Amen. Uh, Thousands and thousands of people came. You've seen the pictures. Uh, over a thousand baptisms now over the two years and more and more continue to come. I think it's been a tremendous <clears throat> blessing for our church uh, that we've supported this as a church. I do the easy part. I just get on the plane and go and talk and, and you guys have the prayers and the fundraising and, and pray to keep me safe and I appreciate all that. And so we're going back this year and I hope we can continue as long as we're able to. As you know, that field is closing you know, as things get tough in the world, there's some difficulties there mm-hmm. in India and in the Far East. So we need to work while the Lord has given us light. Amen? Amen. And so Amen. this is an opportunity to go and reach more people that are unreached. Uh, they tremendously appreciate our church. It's not just me. They continually ask about all of you in this church, and they are just overwhelmingly grateful for your generosity and your willingness to not only fund it, but to send me and to support them. So please, they don't think about it just as me. They think about it as the Muskegon Church. And you guys are, all of us are doing this work. And so I'm excited to go back. Uh, Hopefully we can keep doing it. It's growing like wildfire. I I have a story I'll share in the next week or two during personal ministries with some pictures of some of the downstream things that have happened of people that, that haven't seen me in person but they got touched 
two and three and four places downstream. We have an entire village now that is keeping the Sabbath. Only one person from that village came to one of our meetings. One person. Amen. Now Amen. the whole village is keeping the Sabbath. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about this program. As you obviously know, we, we, we keep doing it. But it really follows that New Testament model where the local church supported the foreign missionary um, as they go to work, you know, go to work in foreign missions. And that's what the New Testament church did with Paul and various other apostles. The local churches helped support them as they went around doing their work. And their financial support was just as important as the public proclamation. So even though Dan's the one that's going over there, you are equally involved in this project by supporting it financially and through your prayers as well. And Dan's already said, said it, but I'm going to repeat it. We're very thankful uh, for the generosity of the Muskegon Church to support this project and to keep it moving forward. We don't know how much longer we're going to be able to go into India, uh, but we'll do it as, as long as we can and as, as much as the means are there. But I think this is a vital part of our church that we don't get that narrow tunnel vision where it's just all about us and our community, but we have that broader vision of the world field that needs to be reached for Jesus as well. What other public evangelism do we have planned for 2019? So a couple of things going on this next year, and Jim mentioned it during the offering. We are going to do a Spanish prophecy series. We had to push that off. It's one of that living, breathing document type thing. We're going to do that this year, and it's, it's conference-wide year again. So Prophecy Unfolds is what it's called this year. That will be in October. So two full-blown evangelism series is on our calendar for 2019. Uh, and we all know what, what one of those entails. So two of them is going to be a tremendous effort for labor and means and, and volunteers and, and prayers and re- outreach and advertising. So we're going to have a, a Spanish series, and we're going to have our every other year conference-wide series. Uh, and I said that one's in October. So that's our public evangelism. We're, as we've talked about this as a board and personal ministries, in the past we've tried to do extras on our own, and those have been great. But given the labor requirements and the financial requirements and all that, we've decided to focus, to kind of align with the conference's schedule and try to undertake those every other year and do our other things on the off years to try to do new things and do our community outreach and also leverage their advertising, leverage the, 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 the program. So those are the two planned public evangelism events. I got another thing I want to mention. Uh, how many of you view Seventh-day Adventist content on TV? Satellite, cable? Come on, yeah. DVD. So, most of the time, we specifically go and look for that, don't we? Because we're Adventists. And people happen upon that. So, Personal Ministries and the AV team has been talking about this for a couple of years now. And we're going to explore local television. We have an opportunity to get on local cable TV and also Xfinity local. And there's a church here in town that has a broadcast studio that partners with any ministry doesn't have to be their denomination. In fact, they've partnered with denominations that you would wonder how they could partner together <laughs> given doctrinal differences. It doesn't matter to them. In their mind, their call was to, to build this system so people could get their message out. Praise the Lord. And they've offered that to us. So early on, I was thinking, hey, we're going to stream on Facebook, on our Facebook page, and we're going to stream on YouTube, and we're going to do that. 
But then this has grown now into local television. So in the near, very near future, you're going to see some AV equipment installed, and we're going to start taping our services and other events, and you're going to see them on local television in the community. People are going to be able to see that on local cable television, on Xfinity local television. And we're going to advertise that. We're going to advertise in that content the things that we're doing, our community services, our Carly's Closet, our health events, our prophecy seminars. It's another advertising opportunity. It's also an opportunity for us to get our material out using a different medium. Mm. So I'm really excited about that. Sounds like a busy year so far, doesn't it? Yes? Yeah, it sounds like a busy year. Well, we saved the best thing for last. <laughs> How many of you have heard, strong, heard of Strong Tower Radio? How many of you get a sketchy signal here in Muskegon? <laughs> How many of you would like a better signal here in Muskegon? So we've, um, I, a couple of months ago, I contacted Strong Tower and asked them, what will it take to get a better reception here in the Muskegon area? If you live on the east side of the city, you can get a fairly good signal if the wind is blowing in the right direction and the sun is shining in the right direction and the clouds <laughs> part just the right way and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but what would it take to get a better, you know, coverage here in, in Muskegon? And it just so happens that this was a project that was on their radar, but our inquiry brought it to kind of top priority. And so this is something that we're thinking about in 2019, that we want to help expand the Strong Tower Radio reception here in Muskegon. Do you like that idea? Amen. Now, now here's the interesting thing about this. Of course, you know, Strong Tower Radio is playing 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? So it's constantly playing out there. They've had people walk in off of the streets in various places. They've listened to Strong Tower Radio. They've been familiar with the Adventist message, and they find an Adventist church. They walk in off the streets, and they get baptized. And this is just, it's like constant evangelism all the time that's taking place out there. And uh, we want to tap into something like that. So, Dan, tell us a little bit about what, what is this going to take? I mean, are we going to have to, like, raise a million dollars, or what, what is it going to take to be able to get better signal here in Muskegon? So, as Pastor said, this has been kind of a pet project of us even long before we reached out. It was like, why can't we get this signal? I mean, we're, right, we're not that far from Grand Rapids. And how can we get this? And I think for many of us, our first impression is we're kind of selfish. We want to hear it, right? We want, well, I, I, you, those of you who know me know I drive a lot for my job, and secular radio is not my preferred. So I listen to a lot of Christian talk radio that is not even much better than the secular radio. That's a whole other discussion. But the opportunity to hear. So selfishly, we want to hear our message, don't we? We want to hear our material. Is that really the mission of Strong Tower Radio? Hmm. No, it's not. What is the mission of Strong Tower Radio? Outreach, evangelism, right? To reach people that aren't Seventh-day Adventists or haven't heard the gospel. So for us, it was an opportunity to say, hey, what could we do to get that type of coverage in our community? And again, another medium. You know, here we're talking going out in person. We're talking about literature. We're talking about television. We're talking about internet. Now we're talking about radio. Radio is the number one medium that reaches the most people. It does. You think, wow, radio is old technology. It's the number one advertising and content. So for us, we reached out to them and we said, what would it take? And they said, well, funny that you ask, as Pastor mentioned, because we have been thinking about this. And we will need to do an engineering study. 
And that engineering study was going to cost $5,000. So we got together as a board, as a group of elders, and went to the board and we said, could we take some money from our personal evangelism fund? Radio's evangelism, right? Amen. And could we help them with this engineering study? Overwhelmingly, the board said yes, and that's what we've done. We have launched their engineering study for them, and we have funded that. And we haven't had to give them $5,000 yet, I don't think, but we've given them, yeah, 1500 so far. But we've committed to the 5000 because it's an iterative process. Mm-hmm. It's, as they do an engineering study, then they expand a little bit more. If this is feasible, then it expands a little. So it's an iterative-type study. And so they're looking at what would it take? Well, do they need to move their tower? Do they need to change their transmitter? Do they have to change frequencies? That's the kind of things they're looking at because of, you know, competition with the airwaves and coverage, and I'm not a radio expert, but... To, so that was our commitment to them to get it the ball rolling. We also thought, well, depending on what they come back with, so the next step will be once they tell us, they'll say, hey, this is what we can do. This is what we can do with this change. And this is the area, and they'll show us on a map. This is our coverage. And we're hoping, we're praying to the Lord that that will expand to, like, Grand Haven... Fremont, make them better north of us. We can reach out to our other sister churches. So in our investigation with Strong Tower Radio, pastors, you know, he says, this is going to cost millions of dollars. Well, we've been told preliminary, if what they think they can do to make this is roughly $40,000. Now, pastor, maybe you can put in perspective what it costs to do Lansing. So to kind of put that in perspective, the Lansing Lansing radio station, they they were was around $300,000. When they initially bought the, this radio station in Grand Rapids, that was $1.5 million. Um, so for $43,000, they're saying we can expand the coverage, not just to Muskegon, but like Dan said, further north and even a little further south. And I, as I heard that, I thought, I feel like God could, God could help us. That's definitely feasible if we reach out to some of our sister churches to be able to do something like that. We've had big projects here in our church that the Lord has blessed us with. Jim talked a little bit about the boiler project that the Lord provided the money for. And this is evangelism that's going to be going 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Surely the Lord can provide the money for that. He provided the money for the other ones, and he can do that for this as well. So we're really excited about the prospects of having Strong Tower Radio more strong here in the Muskegon area. Also, we need, you know, as the Lord has told us, we need to be wise, right? We need to be smart. So what if we used radio to better leverage our advertising dollars? Jim can tell us, and we've talked about it. We spend a tremendous, our number one expense in evangelism, especially in our public event, is flyers. Those colored flyers, they're beautiful, right? Thousands of dollars. What if we stopped doing that, went to a postcard-type mailing, which I'm working on for the next event, and we funneled that money to Strong Tower Radio. We're spending money that we were already going to spend. And this is a recurring thing that we're going to do every couple of years with our mailers versus a one-time capital investment that's going to run 24-7, 365 years and years and years and years. It's not the same $10,000 for flyers every time we do a series. Mm-hmm. To me, is that a wiser investment? Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. So that, that's the other thing, too, is we were trying to figure out how can we better use the means that the Lord's given provided for us because he expects us to do that to be good stewards of what he's provided us with and to me this is just a it's it's a win all the way around this media was brought to you by audioverse 
a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio, and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.